Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxas. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. Today's guest is Caroline Belinska. And Caroline is someone with a very unique background. You know, she grew up Polish, but then she moved to Australia, and now she's in Spain, and she's probably going to Amsterdam and then the U.S. So she's a very, very, varied mix of cultures. But with a rare and unique talent for online business, Caroline, Caroline Belinska has mastered three key areas in online marketing which give her e-commerce clients a special insight into how to sell out their products online. She combines her savvy digital marketing skills with her talent for website design and development, and then meshes them with her deep knowledge of how businesses work to maximize profit. Today's topics are going to include online marketing and some of those strategies, how she got started, and how she set up location-independent businesses where she can essentially have the lifestyle that she wants, build in six to seven figure businesses while traveling. So welcome to the show, Caroline. Hi, Tayo. Thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> the, the pleasure is mine. Why don't we start off with little Caroline? You know, you, you're, when you were born, what was your growing up? What was your childhood like? And, and then we'll dive into how you got into the business. Sure. I guess my childhood, I was born in Poland, but I was raised in Australia, Australia and Growing up in Australia, I never felt Australian because my um, father's side of the family is not very typical Australian. They're very the English-German background. My mum didn't even understand anything about Australian culture. So I went to school with, you know, strange food. People would come over and I'd be eating strange food. And we didn't have that lifestyle as my friends did. So I never really uh, felt very Australian. So leaving has not been that difficult for me. Um, but I grew up very much in an entrepreneurial house. My father is an electronic engineer. He had a very successful business. I was working in there from the time I was seven. I remember he bought me a little uh, calculator before computers, a little calculator with a, um, a, a, a reel where you could see the numbers coming up on a piece of paper. So I was actually working in his shop, serving people 
people and adding up all the different things they were buying in this business. And um, he'd left me there sometimes on my own at seven o'clock at night. And I remember I was like eight or nine years old working there in his shop. So I've always been someone who has understood the ethics of working. I never got anything handed to me. And that's where I get my my entrepreneurial spirit and the fact that I'm happy to work really hard for what I get. Awesome. No, I mean, I definitely relate to that story because never feeling something enough is something that, you know, has always been part of my internal struggle. And that's, you know, I told you earlier why I started the podcast, turning that identity crisis into a gift to help connect people across cultures. So I I always love when people like you have the the similar backgrounds who are just like, where am I? What am I? And then they turn that into into something. And in your case, you've turned into this e-commerce growth specialist. So he started off as a hair and makeup artist. And then how did you end up starting 12 different businesses? So I started off in hair and makeup. I left school at the age of 15. I didn't like school. 15? 15 or 16. I left school. Yeah, 16 I think I was. And um, I I started hairdressing when I was 14 for my next door neighbor. She was a hairdresser um, working with her. And then when I wanted to leave school, I really didn't like the school I was at. And my mom said, you're not leaving school unless you have a job. So I went out and I thought, right, I like hairdressing. I'll go and get into hairdressing. And that's how I went into that industry. Before that, I remember I wanted to be a lawyer when I grew up. That was my dream, which I'm glad I didn't go down that path. So that's not, you know, things happen for a reason. And when I was, I had a few businesses, little business things that I ran along the way. And then at 20, 21, I bought into the salon I worked at. And that was the day that I realized that I had to become a marketing specialist if I wanted to succeed in business. My hairdressing skills was one thing, but if I didn't know marketing, then my my skills were never going to get seen to the shown to the world. So I went and studied marketing um, via a, um, a school online school, and started doing that and growing my business. My business partner in that. Uh, hairdressing salon really didn't understand why I cared so much about our conversions on the number of people that were coming in on the sort of marketing we did. He didn't understand any of that. So it used to frustrate me a lot because I knew that was really important. This is before the days of the internet of promoting online or anything like that. This is, you know, back in the analog days. And I think also because my father always used to brag that marketing was not important in his business, but it was not important in his business for a different reason. He had a very unique business. No one else was doing it. And when people started copying his business, he went out of business very quickly. Um, but he had had his business for 20 years at that stage, so and he was retiring. So it wasn't a big deal to him. But I saw all of this and realized he didn't succeed in the end because of marketing. My business partner who I bought into the salon with wasn't succeeding because he didn't have marketing skills. So I realized it was such an important part of business and I developed my marketing skills. I then went on to own a singles events uh, uh, agency, a business where we used to run events for single people. I had my own shoe label for large size lady shoes. I had other little businesses along the way. I had a um, modeling agency that I ran for a while as well with a friend of mine. And every single part of my business needed marketing. And what I found was when I started, there was no online Google AdWords or Facebook ads and marketing was very different. And I can tell you now that being in business since back then for more than 15 years now, it is so much easier now than it ever was before. I used to put an ad in the local paper and I'd say that's $400 and I never knew what results I got from it and the new 
people say, yeah, you got lots and lots of people reading that, but there was no proof. So the good thing is now I do a Facebook ad or a Google ad and I know how many people are actually clicking through. I know my conversions. So it's a much easier world when it comes to marketing. So I was doing all my marketing stuff for my own businesses and I started having friends saying to me, hey, you're doing really, really well. I was doing a lot of SEO back then as well. I was getting number one results for every keyword for my businesses. So friends started asking me for help. So that's how I started getting into helping other people. And then just slowly I transitioned over the years away from my own businesses into marketing, having a marketing agency and helping other businesses. And over the years, really got into recently the e-commerce space because I think that there's a lot of people who have a lot of great ideas and there's a lot of opportunity, but they're just not making the most of the opportunities available to e-commerce stores now. You know, I, I love that you share that story. And one of the reasons I love that you share that is that you, it seems like the common thread with all these businesses that you started was marketing and that you finally, once you tapped into what your passion was about helping people market, understanding the the nuances behind that, you really dove into that. Can you talk about the importance of, of finding a passion, how you really discovered that aha moment where you're like, wow, this is something I'm really good at, uniquely good at, and this is something I need to develop more. Because I have all these discussions every every day when I'm speaking at conferences, and the number one question I get asked is, I don't know what I'm passionate about. How can I find that? I, that's a really interesting space, and I have this um, – I've heard it from many different people as well, and some people say you need to be really passionate about something, and some people say you need to just do something that makes you money because – the way I see it is there are there are two different spaces. You can either have a lot of passion or you can just be out there to make money. For me, it's about passion, definitely. And I think each person is different. Some people are just about, hey, I don't care about what I do. I can go out and sell um, uh, bandages for people that have cuts on their feet, for instance, because, you know, it will make me money. But for me, I need to do something that I'm passionate about. And Every single person, I do a lot of business coaching and when people come to me and ask me this, I always say to them, well, what's, are you going to be happy just making money or do you need to be passionate? That's the first thing you need to realize. Some people don't need the passion. If you go down the path and you think, oh, well, I'm not passionate about it, but I just really want to make money, you're never, ever going to be happy. But then there's another problem. If you're just going down for the fact, doing something just because you're passionate about it, you also need to understand that it's not true that anything you're passionate about will make you money. There's this false um, saying out there, and I hear it a lot, oh, just be passionate and you'll make money. And that's not true. Some things are just never going to make you money, no matter how passionate you are about them. So you need to also understand that. And as long as you know where you sit in that, you need to... First of all, you need to be honest with yourself and say, okay, you know what? I'm really passionate about this area, but I'm never going to make money. For example, I'll give you an example. I'm really passionate about uh, fructose intolerance. I have fructose intolerance, which means that I can't eat lots of different foods. But me making money out of that is not going to be an easy, easy area. If I wanted to do that, I'd have to become a proper nutritionist and talk about all nutrition and become a nutritionist and talk to people about all, all different things not an area I want to go into I've set up a blog I've just I just dabble in it but it's more of a hobby for me and I know that that's not somewhere I can make money but it's something I'm still passionate about so too many times I see people continuing down the path for a very long time two or three years and never making money and thinking well it's my passion that's going to get me to the end but that's not always true so 
first you need to know that part of it. How do you find your passion? I think it really comes down to write down a list. I tell people, write down a list. What are the things that make you happy? What are the things that you really want to do in your life? When you wake up in the morning, what is it that makes you smile? I do believe in uh, is it Simon Sinek, I think that's his name, um, your why, working out your why. Mm-hmm. I did that recently. And I sat down. And if you buy his program, it's about three or four hours. You sit there. You have to have a friend with you. And I did this. I went through it. And me and my friend sat there and we went through this activity for my uh, working out my why. And it takes a few hours. You've got to write so many notes, but it's really worth it. I do highly recommend that you actually go and take a look at that first. And once you know your why, then from there you can say, okay, I know my why. Now, what can I do with that? Where can I help people? So for instance, mine is everything I do is to support, encourage and inspire others so that they can realize their limitless potential. Now I can do that as I'm doing it with e-commerce. I could do it with uh, helping people with learning how to be better hairdressers in my case because I know how to be a hairdresser. But it's about working out your why. Once you know your why, then you can work out, okay, now which skills do I have and how can I adapt that into my why? That's brilliant. I love that. I love that. The Simon Sinek then why, I think it's so key. I I always, I was, when I was doing something yesterday, I remember I, I broke it down to three ways. I said, you have to, you know, you know, you know, two most important days of your life when you, you, um, when you're born, you find that why. And then some of the keys to your passion or understanding why is it that you want to do that. And it has to be bigger than anything that you're doing because there will be times when you will fail. And if you don't tap into that why, you might not have enough um, motivation or inspiration to actually get up and do it again. And then also just surrounding yourself with the right type of people that inspire you as well as, as eliminating people or things that don't encourage or help you get to that why. So I, I broke it down that way. And, and I think it, it is very, very important when you really discover purpose. Because, you know, people always say pursuing your passion will lead you to your purpose. It could also be the other way around. When you find your purpose, you end up being passionate about what you do. So I love and, it. Yeah. And another thing that I say this a lot to uh, people, a lot of people get scared that when they start going down a path, they... Every person does this in some way where we believe like, okay, we've started down this path and now we can't give up because if we give up, we look like we're we're a loser. But the thing is, if you know your why and you know what your why is, then you can easily pivot off where your path was traveling. So you might be going down a path saying, oh, I'm going to work with children, um, mothers and children, single mothers and children, as an example. And you've decided to put together some sort of program or you're deciding to sell something on Amazon, whatever you're doing, or you've opened up like a, a daycare or something. If you know your why, then as you start to work out what people want, you're more likely to be able to adapt to their needs rather than just being so focused on, well, this is what the product was that I was selling and I'm not doing anything else because I decided to sell this product. However, if you've got your why, if you know your why, then you can say, well, this is my why, this is my end goal and how will I get there? Well, people are going to tell me, you know, they don't actually need this product. I'm going to start selling a different product. So I think that you can adapt better in life knowing your why and you can then sell what people need so you're more likely to make money in the long run than trying to sell something that no one wants from you. Absolutely. It's the reason why Steve Harvey can start off as a comedian and be a host on a radio show and a talk show and have many, many businesses. I think you have to have, you have to be, purposeful about designing your life. So, you know, write down your mission statement. My mission statement is I want to use my difference to make a difference. And the why is because I want to help build the next set of global leaders by, you know, 
help people connect across cultures. And that could be through media. That's what I, I do right now. But it could be through other things, right? As long as I'm understanding mm. that. And then, um, and, and then the, ne the next and probably most important thing is, what do you need to make that happen? So you got to implement those systems. What are your daily practices? And, you know, what are those things that you're doing every day to work towards that? And I think a lot of people get to the first level way. They write down the mission statement. They know what they want to do. But the daily practices are the things that they get bogged down by because it's not as easy to get there. Like in your case, I, I, we're going to talk about this, how to be an online marketing growth specialist. But I'm sure there are courses you have to take. There were places you probably had to travel. You took the Simon Sinek thing. There were many things you have to learn to understand how to set up an e-commerce store, to understand targeting marketing. And then you eventually became, you know, the great business person you are. But it didn't start off. With because you just put that and spoke it into existence, you just have to put in the daily practices, put in your hours. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. So speaking of those hours, what are the things that on online marketer can work on right now? Someone is coming in here, listen to the podcast. They're saying, you know what? I love what Carol, Caroline is saying. I really want to start a business where I can travel and do what I want to do. But but how do I start? What are the basic principles for being an e-commerce growth specialist? What would you say to them? Well, if it's coming from someone that wants to do the marketing side and helping other businesses, then it's probably a lot different from someone who wants to start their own Shopify store or their own Amazon business. So do you want me to go from a, a certain angle? Is there? We can start. We, we could do both. But I want to start off with the person that's helping other businesses first. Okay. So the first thing that they need to know is niche down exactly who they want to help. And um, this is one thing that I have done in all of my businesses over the years. For example, when I had my shoe label, it was for large size lady shoes only. I went from a size 40 to a size 44. So I was very, very niche. People said, oh, go low, uh, smaller sizes. And I said, no, I want to stay in that range. I won't make as much money, but I'm very specialized. In my marketing, I'm helping e-commerce store owners. Specifically, I help people who are earn, that have already started online and they're wanting to make up to, they might be making four or five figures at the moment and they want to go up into that mid six figure range, so up to the half a million dollar range. Why is that? Because I know that I can create a program for those people. Anyone outside that range needs different help and they still come to me. I still work with those people personally. However, I'm creating the majority of my business around that middle ground of these people need my help in this sort of way. That way I'm only talking to one person and that's part of marketing in general and this is just the message that everyone needs to understand in marketing. No matter what business you're running, if you're going to help other people with their businesses, if you want to sell shoes online, if you want to sell baby products, whatever you're selling, work out who you're actually talking to and just create everything that's around those people. You'll still have other people. I'm sure that you also see that you get people listening to your podcast that are not maybe nomads themselves, but they like the whole idea of it. So you're not always losing the other people, but you're just specifically talking to people who are interested in that particular topic or that product. So that's the first thing I'd say is work out who you're actually going to sell to and what you're going to sell. Then it's about getting out there. And if you're starting out and you want to help other businesses, the first thing that I recommend is go and help some businesses for free because you would be so amazed with what you think. You know, you can go and read a whole lot of blogs. You could do a course on it. But until you actually get in there and start helping businesses and really being on the ground and helping them, you don't realize the sort of help that they need and how you how you personally can get your 
um, knowledge across to them. So go and find three people, help them for free and say, hey, I'll help you set up your business um, for free, whatever it is that you want to help them with, whether it's the website part of it or the marketing side of it, or it might be just the retargeting or just the Facebook ads. Go and find some people and work with them for free, first of all. Hmm. Okay. No, and and what what about the other thing? When you're talking about building your own Shopify audience, what would you say about that? Sure. So if you're starting out, the first thing that I recommend is don't follow the advice of everyone. And this is what I've got a Facebook, (laughs) a free Facebook group that I run. And I get a lot of questions in there about, you know, oh, someone told me to do this or someone told me to do this. And there's so much different contradictive information out there that you really need to be sure of what you want. So set up a plan and say, okay, let's say, for instance, you're doing baby clothes. You've got to sit down and say, okay, I'm doing baby clothes. Where is my audience? Who is my audience first? Where are they? Once you know where they are, you say, okay, well, a lot of them are on Snapchat and a lot of them are on Instagram. So stick to those two platforms. Don't go outside those. I always say choose one social media and do it really well rather than trying to get all of the social media and not doing it well at all. And then make sure that what you're doing is that you've got a really strong sales funnel in there and you stick to it. So you write out a plan and you say, okay, I want to promote these three products on a weekly basis. I'm going to promote them on Instagram and Facebook or um, Twitter, whatever it is, and then how am I going to go about promoting them? You're going to have a lot of advice from other people saying, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't be using Instagram. You should be using Twitter because Twitter gets many people, and you're going to have a lot of people saying things like this. You need to just focus and say, I'm not listening to other people. Find someone that you like what they're doing, a competitor, and work out their structure backwards go through their system and say, okay, well, they're posting on Instagram. What are they posting on Instagram every day? Where does that go to? Where does their Instagram link go to on their website? What are they actually saying on their website? So you can work back through. It's not about copying someone 100%, but going in and looking at someone that's very successful and seeing what they're doing and working out their structure and trying to copy that to some point and then putting your own um, personality onto that as well. I have so many people that start working with me and they're just, they've got too much stuff going on. They've got a little bit here and a little bit there and nothing's, their message is not coming across properly in any area because they're just too washed out in too many different areas. No, so I love exactly, I love everything you're saying because in, in the first part where you're talking about helping other businesses get from a certain level to another level, there you really hone in on understanding your audience. And and that's one of the key things in any marketing then is understanding who you're targeting, their behaviors, what they like, what they do, where they are, so you can have a very good profile of what you're doing. Otherwise, that mass market approach that used to work maybe 40 years ago doesn't work now. We're not in a madman age anymore. We're in the online connection mm-hmm. age. So you really have to get intimate with who they are and all that. And all that. So that's, that's, that's key. Um, and then... The other thing is when you're talking about the building your, your online course, you know, you said, stop listening to people they are doing, you know, they're giving you their, their opinions, but also find a competitor and sort of map out that blueprint. So in my case, Oprah is like my biggest role model, right? I've wanted to be the male version of Oprah since I was 10, but I obviously am not Oprah, but understanding how she built audiences and built networks of content is something that, I, that I've looked at while putting my own spin on, you know, this is 
something that you can do. This is how you can get in front of an audience and taking that away. So I think it's very, very key to, to look at a blueprint, but also not be that person because then you end up losing the essence of who you are. But so, so I, I love everything you said. And I, I it, it's crazy that that is also, it's crazy that basic, basic business principles apply to almost every business. It's just a matter of finding a way to tweak it and put a spin and understanding your audience. Well, you can even look at some, um, in general in a business, you can look outside your own um, industry as well and you can copy someone else's. Let's say, for instance, if you were selling baby clothes, you might say, well, I really like the way this company targets because baby clothes, you've got to think they're targeting women. Women are probably between the ages of 30 and 40. And then you can say, well, women between the ages of 30 and 40 who have a baby, they also love this particular brand as well. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. And I'm going to look at the way that brand actually maps their uh, structure, their marketing, and I'm going to copy that one. So you can go to um, industries that are also another industry that your particular audience is looking at as well. You don't have to go and copy as such someone exactly. in your exact industry because it's about talking to that actual audience, the person that you're trying to target, finding that person and what they really like and getting in front of that person and making them hear your message. No, I, I love it. I love it. And um, like guys and, and gals, please do take everything that Caroline is saying because it is so true. And it, it's it's understanding who you're reaching out to, understanding who you are as a person, and then actually doing the work. And that, that takes time. And that takes a lot of failures and a lot of maybe shifts, but it is possible if you stay focused on, on the goal and understand the market that you're trying to get into. So really love everything um, uh, Caroline is saying here. Let's move on to basic marketing terms. So what is retargeting? Retargeting, I like to call it stalking. So stalking online. Um, <laughs> I did a fantastic ad a few years ago uh, when retargeting started. A lot of people didn't understand what it was. So what I did was an ad that instead of having a banner saying buy this now, I did an ad of me, a picture of me waving and really close up of me waving to the camera and it said, yes, I am following you. Would you like to do this to your clients as well? And I just had so many people just saying, wow, what an amazing ad that, you know, I put out there. And it was really showing people that you can do this to other people as well because people don't, still don't actually understand that that's what we're doing is following them around. So the good thing about that is you can do this and not offend people. For instance, I was looking to buy a bike and I went to the website, looked to buy a bike, and suddenly I saw all the ads about that bike. 
And it just kept on reminding me, oh, do you still want to buy that bike? You know, here's the picture, things like that. So retargeting is so underutilized. It is unbelievable. It's such a fantastic way to get in front of your audience. It's people that have already been to your website. So then you can follow them around the internet. It's much cheaper than normal advertising because the way they see it is you've already had that person come to your website, so they're not charging you as much because they're not finding you the lead. You're just following that lead around. I highly recommend it. And now with e-commerce, you can target people. You can say if someone looked at that purple pair of shoes, they only see images about that purple pair of shoes. If they looked at a red pair of shoes, they'll see ads for the red pair of shoes if they didn't buy them. So... Um, you'll start to see now that I'm saying it, everyone will start to say, oh, yeah, I do notice that when I go to a website and then I start to see the ads coming down on the side of Facebook with those particular products that I was just looking at. It's definitely a fantastic thing to do and everyone in e-commerce needs to do it. No, I, I love it, that the professional stalking. But um, what, are, <laughs> what are some programs that people can use to implement retargeting into their strategies? The simplest one is Facebook. You can use Facebook to start off with. Um, there's also, I use Perfect Audience. Perfect Audience is fantastic because I put the ad up on Perfect Audience that can go to my Facebook. I can also then put a link in an email. So let's say, for instance, you've got a group of people that haven't been to your website for two months, six months, whatever it is. You can put a code into that email. If that person opens your email, then they'll start to see ads from you. And so then you can say, you know, you know that those people haven't been to your website for a while. You can have an ad coming up saying, hey, come back and visit us. You haven't been to us for a long time. And that ad will only get seen to, shown to those people that haven't been to your website. Um, so Perfect Audience is a great one. There's also with Google, if you use the Google network, um, you can do YouTube. So Perfect Audience covers all the Google network and also the rest of the network that's not inside Google, that's a technical thing. Don't worry too much. That's why I stick to perfect audience. But if you want to retarget on YouTube, so you see the ads popping up um, on a video before someone watches it, then that can be done with uh, Google. So there's a few different options out there. But if you're just starting out and you're um, new to it, start with Facebook. Awesome. And speaking of staying on the on the the vein of marketing strategies, what are other targeted marketing strategies that people can use or implement? My favorite one at the moment is free plus shipping. It's definitely my favorite one um, that, but it's got to be done in such a way that people have to invest a little bit of time into and be ready to do it properly. So the simplest way to explain it is free plus shipping means you give a product away for free. Now, everyone's going to be listening saying, why would I give anyone a product for free? But here's the thing behind it. You choose a lower-end product, like a lower-priced product in your range. Let's say it's like $3, five, let's say $5. Because we'll just round it up. You're going to say it's $5, and we're going to say you're going to give away 100 of those, so that's $500. So that is, imagine that that's your marketing budget. You can say, okay, for this month, this is my marketing budget. It's going to be the $500 worth of free products. Now what you're going to do is you're going to run Facebook ads to that maybe put in another, let's say, $100, $200 into Facebook ads. And then they're going to pay the shipping at their end. So they're going to buy this. You can say they can only buy one product. Now, the trick is the person's going to see a Facebook ad. They get it for free. They pay the shipping. You're going to send this person the product. Now, the trick to this is how it really works well is that you will then go and call every single one of those people afterwards. So this is where you have to invest a little bit of time. 
you've got to get on the phone so you can say 100 people, you call those people over, you know, maybe it takes you two weeks to call them. You're going to call every person and just ring them up and say, hey, thank you so much for buying my product. How was it? Did you enjoy it? Um, how was the experience of getting their product? They're going to say it's fantastic. It was free, so they're going to love it. And then you're going to say, oh, by the way, we've actually got a special offer at the moment, but I can give you this special offer right now on the phone. It's only blah, blah, blah price, and you're going to upsell into another product on the phone. <clears throat> now, you're going to do it in a very nice way. You're not going to be very pushy. You're just going to offer it as, hey, because you bought a product, I'd love to offer you this at a discounted rate. Not everyone can get this. It's just for you. They're going to say yes or no. Whether they say yes or no, you're then going to ask them for a review. Do you mind leaving a review about that product? Because I'm so glad that you had such a great experience. Please leave a review for us. And you're going to get much closer to your 100 reviews for that particular product, which is going to help you make more sales long term. What's going to happen off the back of that is that you're going to have people that are going to be telling their friends, hey, you wouldn't believe it. I was online and I saw this product. It was free. I wanted to buy, you know, blah, blah, blah. I saw for my kids it was a new bottle, a new a new bottle, or it's a new whatever hat or bean, whatever it is. And I got it for free. And then I even got a phone call from them. That was so polite. I was really happy with the experience. And as long as you've gone through that properly and you've given them the best service you can give them, there is no reason why people are not extremely happy with that service. So not only are you giving away 100 products to people that are going to rave about it, but there's going to be the fact that you're communicating with them personally. You've got a chance to upsell them to another product. So I really, really love this, but you need to make sure that you actually call that person as well. So don't just give away 100 products and say, okay, well, nothing happened from it because it's that other part. Now, you might do this once a month. You might do it one time when you're starting out, but it definitely does help you build your business very quickly. I love it. I love it. Is there any other one more strategy that you can share? Instagram. If you're in e-commerce, get on Instagram. There's not many businesses that can't do Instagram. But my first thing that I have to say is make sure you have excellent photos. Because a lot of people are on Instagram. They're saying, oh, well, I'm not getting any likes on my photos. I'm not getting any followers. If you've got bad photos, that's, that's all Instagram is about is beautiful photos. So make sure you have great photos. Find a photographer to help you take some beautiful image shots. You can go down to one of the, your local photography schools. In Melbourne, I used to use the local photography schools all the time. Go down there and ask the photography students, hey, can you take a photo of my range and get them to take the photos for you and get beautiful photos on Instagram. And then you can start building up your Instagram followers and getting sales from Instagram. People like to spend money from Instagram. They spend more money on Instagram than they do on Facebook. And then Pinterest, you can put all these photos to Pinterest. And that's a great place that uh, the highest um, percentage of money comes over. Well, the highest spend per person is on uh, Pinterest. So Pinterest, you can use your Instagram photos over on Pinterest as well. So you're saying the photos, you know, obviously you have to get high quality photos. Do the hashtags help? Because what if you have like just one or two followers and you have the most amazing photos? How are people going to get to you? Yeah, Instagram hashtags are very, very important. I just um, I just started working with a new client the other day. She's a jewelry company. And I have changed her. Some of the pictures I put up are the same as her other pictures and I've changed her hashtags and her um, likes have doubled and it's only been, it's the uh, six days since we started her campaign and she's already getting double the amount of likes on per image 
than she had on images prior to me starting with her. So hashtags definitely mean a lot to Instagram as well. How do you find the right hashtags for your industry? So there's a few different programs. I've got uh, ones that I have a look now you put me on the spot with that question um there's one called um keyhole keyhole.io is a good one it's a free tool there's a paid version but the free uh, version's fine type in the word that you want say jewelry and you're going to click on instagram there's a button that shows you the hashtags for twitter and for instagram you're going to click on the little instagram icon and then when you go to the next page it's going to come up with a, um, a cloud bubble of different words that you can use. So that's a great place to start. But I've also got other um, programs that cost a lot more money than that that I do a lot more research into hashtags. But keyhole.io is definitely a great place to start. Awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, keyhole.io, uh, Instagram, understanding that you can give your product for free and have them pay for the shipping, those are all great strategies. And... No one's ever said that. You know, I've interviewed over 170 people now in this podcast, and a lot of people have we've talked about online marketing, but no one has said what you've said. So I always love when I hear a unique perspective, and it, you know, it's always great. It's fresh for the audience. So thank you for sharing that. Fantastic. We are going to wrap up soon, but I, I, I think it would be an injustice, an in, uh, just crime for me to just talk and not say anything about your working while traveling because a lot of the people listening here are culturally rich and they live between several cultures so can you just spend a few minutes to talk about what it's like to work while traveling set up lifestyle businesses and any process that's involved with that that's a very very big uh, question i um <laughs> I recently went on a two-week cruise. It was 12 days from Colombia to Portugal, and um, I was told about it, and the cruise was leaving exactly one week after I was told about it. I went and booked my ticket and jumped on the boat. So I've never been a fan of cruises, but it was a group of 200 nomads that were all together. It was a normal boat cruise, but then we had a group of people. So I was on this cruise, and I was told beforehand, Internet's going to be great. Um, some people had done it last time and said they had Internet. I went on this cruise saying, great, it was last minute, so I still had my work that I had to do, and um, got on there expecting to do all these interviews, expecting to do all this work, and by day three I realised that there was no Internet available. And uh, we were, it was the only time we landed was that one time in that uh, cruise was on day three. And I decided I have a choice now. I've been complaining for three days. I either get off now and fly back to Barcelona or I just shut up and just enjoy the rest of this trip. So I decided to just sit back and say, well, there's nothing I can do. I emailed everyone I could in that time when I was um, on shore and told people, I'm sorry, I've just got no internet. I have to deal with you when I get back. That was a very, very big learning experience for me because I've never been offline. My dream is to travel to Antarctica, but until they have great internet, it's somewhere that I won't go yet. So internet for me is the most important thing. So I base my travels on internet. Um, but I had to at that time realize just, you know, I just got to let go and just enjoy that moment. So I think Traveling and working is very difficult in some ways. I was talking to someone yesterday who's new to it and she said, oh, I can't do this tourist thing and the, um, and the working thing. I live in Barcelona and a lot of people come to visit me and they think because they're on holidays, I'm on holidays. So it makes it very hard for me to, at the moment, balance my life with people visiting me. Being a nomad and trying to work has got 
downs a downside, but I think that the upside outweighs all those struggles and the you know the hardships. And I told you before, you know, I don't have great internet here in Barcelona. Um, it just comes with the territory. We have to make the most of it. I have got this rule now that if I can't run a business from anywhere in the world, then I don't want anything to do with it. I get asked to start businesses with people all the time and they sound fantastic, but I don't want to be stuck in one location. I want to have that opportunity that if I want to pack up tomorrow and leave, I can. So I think that that's, you know, being a nomad and now in the world of digital, you know, digital life, it's so much easier for us. I remember I worked when I was 20 around Europe and in the Greek islands and I was working in bars and cutting hair, but it was all, uh, in that space there was no internet back then and you know i just think how different my travel experience would be if i had that opportunity to work online and i think everyone has the opportunity to work online in some form whether you're freelancing or whether you're running your own business it's i i can't think of any other way to spend your life it's great i'm just curious about this is there a way you can set up your your personal brand where you get clients that are worldwide so a person that's thinking of doing freelancing, right, or, you know, digital nomad, building a lifestyle business, should he or she start working on what is that they can do and their expertise, build that personal brand, have a personal website, then have people leave reviews and do on a referral basis? Or is there like a unique network that people can say, hey, I'm in Spain, I'm in Vietnam, come over? I'm just curious. My clients are around the world. I've built my brand on being around the world. Um, it's funny because as Europe, especially Spain, is really behind with the whole online world. So getting clients in Spain is very difficult, and everyone that I know here says the same thing. So we have a lot of clients outside. In Europe, probably Germany and the Netherlands are the two next um, countries that are very advanced with um, online world, the online world. So... I'm just used to having clients everywhere. I've got clients in Croatia, Australia, um, Germany. I've got clients in Asia. I've got one in Hong Kong. America, most of my clients are in America. I don't think that you need to think about where your clients are located, but I can give one piece of advice on that. If you're, if you're fluent in a language other than English, use that to your advantage. I had a client recently and her whole business was um, she originally, she's, uh, she speaks Spanish. She changed everything over on her website to English and I told her to change it all back. Hmm. So the reason for that is her English is not perfect for starters and that's not, I'm not being rude when I say that. It's just that when, as a, um, when you speak English fluently, you can really read when someone's English is not fluent. And English-speaking people are very snobbish about that. Not all of them, but just generally they are. So if they're reading something and they can tell that it's not English as the first language, they're not going to keep reading blog posts that are not written well in English. So what I recommend is staying in your own language. And this particular client, I told her, change everything back to Spanish. Uh, makes it hard if she wants to read anything for her but she changed it all back to Spanish and just recently she wrote a blog post and she's in photography and the blog post was um, 10 photography um, something doesn't matter and she wrote it in Spanish she's a nobody in the photography world when it comes to a, as a blog post she's not a blogger a photography blogger she's a photographer here in Barcelona she wrote this blog post her blog went to position number one on Google in Spanish and it is getting a couple of thousand people a week reading that blog post. 
Now, when she was writing in English, she was not getting anyone. Only the people that she was saying, go and read my blog post. Her blog has jumped to number one because the all the other languages, English is the only market which is already flooded. The Spanish market is not flooded. No other language is flooded because everyone reverts to English. But I know people who are doing so amazingly well in their own language, it is unbelievable. They don't do anything in English. They stick to their own language and they are rocking it. And if I was fluent in another language, I guarantee you, I would not be doing English right now. I would be in my own language, whatever language that is. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. So take advantage of the language or cultural um, skills that you have because it can work to your advantage. Love, love that you and share. You can yeah. Yeah. And you can have things, you can have the, um, your blog translated into English. You can still have pages on your website in English. It's not saying that you have to do, you know, nothing in English, but if you concentrate in your own language, you're going to get, you've got so much more of an option. You will be the big fish in the small pond rather than the small fish in the big pond. Yeah. Well, there you go. Small fish in the big pond. So we are getting ready to wrap up with the ultimate mission statement, which is the, the use your difference to make a difference. I ask all my guests how they use their differences to make a difference. But before that, I, I wanted to know about pricing packages. People who are just starting freelancing or you know helping other businesses in marketing as a marketing professional, is there a unique way you, you talk to them about setting up their pricing packages? Look, I, I'm not a believer in, I hear all these people say, fake it till you make it. And I guess because I grew up doing everything, you know, the old school way where I, you know, learned everything and learned all my skills and became good at them. And I, you said to me in the beginning of the conversation, you're doing your 10,000 hours. I'm a believer in that as well. You know, you're not skilled at something until you've got into that 10,000. And it's a very loose number, but, you know, until you've got that experience in that, um, in that industry. So I think start smalls, you know, take a look at what prices other people are charging. And if you are not as good as that person, then you can't charge the same. I think you need to charge relevant to what you're doing and just be honest. Hey, you know what? I've got experience, but I'm not, you know, a hundred percent, but I'm going to give you a really great price at the moment while I'm, you know, starting out and I'm going to help you and I'm going to do everything I can to make this work perfectly for you. So I think pricing, stick to the prices of what you're actually, what you're really worth, not what you want to be worth, you know, a year from now. And of course, build up to it. Slowly put your prices up. Brilliant. How do you use your difference to make a difference, Caroline? My difference, I think my biggest difference is, is that I'm used to being, um, seeing outsiders and being, um, growing up, not as English as my first language and not having the very Aussie traditional household and always being around those people who were the different sort of people. So um, for me, I think it's really about understanding people and understanding that, you know, there is no norm and that we all have our own unique way of doing something. And when I work with clients, I don't ever have one set way of working with someone. I say, okay, what, who are you? What is your specialty, who who do you believe you are? Let's bring that out in your marketing. Let's bring that out in your branding and your messaging. So I guess I'm very I'm not I'm not into that one size fits all. I'm very much about let's make everything work for you, whether it be the lifestyle you want to live or the way you talk about yourself or your branding. You have to make that work for your own self. And I think I'm very good at that because I know that inside out and I work my life is believing in what do I want and not what other people want me to be. 
believe in what you want and not what other people want you to be. I think you did that brilliantly, and I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And I also want to give you a chance to share with the audience where they can find out more about you, because you do a million things, but the thing that you do the best is help people, you know, build their online stores from four to five figures to six to seven figures. So plug away, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. So if you want to join my free Facebook group, it is e-commerce backstage pass. And there's a group that's there for free on Facebook. I also have um, my page, which is Caroline Belinska brand. And you can find me there. And I'm also on Instagram under CC Belinska. And I've got a new brand that I'm just launching an e-commerce store myself, which is inspired rebel and co. So you can find me on Instagram there as well. And that's all just starting to take off at the moment. So in the next few weeks, you'll hear more about that brilliant and i'm going to put out in the show notes you know cc belinska on instagram cc belinska on twitter uh e-commerce backstage pass on facebook thank you so much for coming to the show this has been really really fun and for me it was illuminating because there are so many things that i didn't know i i'd heard about retargeting for a while but i you know i didn't really know as much about it as i probably should have so thank mm -hmm. you for educating me and then coming at everything from a fresh perspective no problems. Thanks, Tayo. It's been fantastic. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.